Hello, everybody. This is Escape the Dungeon, the podcast where we ask you to join us as we explore the world beyond the world's oldest role-playing game. My name is Mike Cripps, and I will be your host and game master, and I am joined by three stellar players. Zach Brass. Hello. Dom Brass. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, <no>, fuck you. <laughs> and Nate Brass. What's up, Internet? I am Nate. Today I'll be playing the role of Crash. Uh, I mean, Cypher. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to change things up on episode nine. That's right. I'll be playing Crash today. Uh, we're doing a round robin. I'm Gorpheus, man. Uh, yeah, and I'll be playing Cypher today. Wee wee. Wow. I will be playing Cypher today. Good luck in your heist, gentlemen. Um, I hope you defeat the evil evil killer robot, but don't kill it because robots are people too. Don't sound so excited for us. Each season, we will be playing a different tabletop role-playing game. This season, we are playing Scum and Villainy, a Forged in the Dark game published by Evil Hat Productions. Guys, it is episode nine. Lucky number nine. Nine, the number of players on a soccer team. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got it. He's getting there. <laughs> if he just keeps doing it, eventually he'll get there. Is this is this still funny? Was it ever funny? Who knows? I don't know, but like, you know... <laughs> We're definitely the demographic for it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I I feel a little bad because, you know, the past eight episodes, we've been opening up with like this banter and I usually like try and give you guys a gotcha question and usually, usually Dom gets the worst of it. (laughs) Sometimes you're just actually generally across the board scathing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) like, geez, man, like, and, and to record it. But you know, that's not the real me, you know, like that's okay. I mean, I mean, um, that's an interesting point you make. At least speak when talked to. God damn it. Peasant, you're not running this game. This is my podcast. Oh my God. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't want our audience to get the wrong impression of me that I'm like this combative guy who just wants to embarrass you or poke fun at you guys. So I, you know, I want to, I want to turn the tables and, um, if there's anything that you guys want to, you know, make fun of me about or like ask a gotcha question to me. You're the worst. Right? <laughs> like, what? You thought we just were like, oh yeah, we've all got questions picked out. Yeah, 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 yeah. On moment. the spot, by the way, here's your chance. While I think about this all week, every week, my favorite part of the whole podcast, but you know, hey, 
30 seconds quick. What's your question? <laughs> What's your uh, number one piece of advice for people starting Forged in a Dark Style game like Scum and Villainy? What do you think uh, they should keep in mind uh, as like the number one thing? Oh, that's a that's a really interesting question, Nate. I guess the number one piece of advice I would give uh, a prospective GM for these kind of games is uh, listen to this podcast and do everything I do because I'm awesome. That's, <laughs> that's a good answer. That's yeah. Good. Okay. Answer. All right. All right. And fine. I'm just saying, like, for them to get that piece of advice, they have to get to episode nine. Yeah, they need to listen to episode <laughs> nine. <laughs> 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 Yeah, cool. I mean, cool. Yeah, cool. Totally. Yeah, no, it's it's super useful for them to get that at that point. Well, you know, you should have asked this on the first episode, Nate. Yeah, that's on you, Nate. You're right. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, proper planning. I just man. didn't think he'd have like good advice before having run the game, but that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> that is on you, dude. Well, that now is you know, on you. Future game advice, whatever Mike runs. You could probably just do whatever he does, and he's probably going to do it perfectly, despite <laughs> all of the complaints that anyone listening will have about him. Yeah, don't look at the is. comments. <laughs> there are no comments. We shut down the comments. It's too toxic down there. Yeah, all 12 of you. Shut up. <laughs> this is fucking 12 people. Hey, you know what? I'll take 12. I think, yeah, I think we've got 12 friends between us. Shut up. <laughs> We know any negative comments are just left by Dom's burner accounts. You gotta stop doing that, man. That's absolutely true. I can't help it. Classic internet troll. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's always the nice ones. Oh my god, what? No, it's not. So you guys had questions, right? Uh, yeah, obviously. Mike, if you were an alien, what extra appendage and the time for that have. segment is up. <laughs> uh, thank you Nate for keeping us on track so I guess it's time for us to move to the game now that we know I'm a uh, a humble person uh, a kind generous person yes who has gifted you guys this uh, opportunity um thank you you're welcome god, god damn and because I am so humble and generous uh i am willing to admit when i've made some mistakes and i i want to address that i want to give my uh my audio notes app apology uh for <laughs> for a couple of things that i either uh did get wrong in the past few episodes or not necessarily wrong but just you know i think i could have done better um and though the one thing is that every few episodes uh i've been having you guys mark experience uh on your playbooks I was doing some rereading of the rule book recently, and I realized that there was something I misread. And that's that those experience points that you've been marking every few episodes that would normally be that end of session XP, you can either apply those to your specific playbooks, your, you know, scoundrel, medic, pilot playbooks, 
or you can actually apply those to an attribute track your you know your prowess oh, or whatever. something shit, i just really? totally did not read correctly the first time that's game changing it is game changing which is why i want to give you guys the opportunity now if you want to move any of your xp from your playbook track to your attribute tracks you can do that now because that's something that you should have been able to do the first time i would like to do that for one XP to my prowess track, which will fill my prowess track. And when you fill your prowess track, or any of your tracks really, when you fill a track, you're going to bring that track back down to zero. And when you filled up an attribute track, you can put one more pip in any of the action skills under that attribute to a maximum of three pips. I am going to max out Helm. Obviously. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also uh, taking away experience that I put towards my level and moving it towards my prowess to max out my prowess. Okay, so again, uh, then clear your prowess track and put a uh, another rating point, another pip in uh, one of your prowess skills. I am going to put one in my resolve track, not filling it, and that's it. Sounds good. Make sure that if you guys are filling out one of those XP tracks, even in the middle of a session, call it out because that's like an automatic bonus. That's not something you have to wait for, for the like end of session XP. If it happens in the middle of a job, it happens in the middle of a job. Yeah, you're not, you're just better at piloting now. Yeah, I was hoping it was going to happen during this session. Uh, I did not expect it to happen before I made a roll of this session. <laughs> um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick is I'm going to give you guys as a crew an extra gambit um, just Ooh. for free. And the reason I want to do that is because in the last episode, when uh, Gorpheus and Crash were dealing with that guard, I had originally started a suspicion clock. And then when it just became a more overt like confrontation, I turned it into like a take down the guard clock. But I don't think that that was really necessary. This is a game where not every single mook needs to be a clock to take down. Sometimes a successful roll should just be enough if it's just like, you know, a guard watching a post um, and not a necessarily super threatening obstacle. So that's something I just could have handled better in the moment. And to, you know, make it up to you guys, I'm going to give you that gambit. We accept your apology. Well, it's about time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Oh, man, geez, who is this GM? Talking about being perfect or something minutes ago. That puts us at three gambits, guys. Yes, beautiful. So let's use those, obviously. Cypher shouldn't need one, being as he's the greatest um, pilot in the universe. Well, you know, just because you guys have the ability to give each other aid, I feel like I should get two of those and then you guys get the other one. I don't think that makes sense. Because then you guys can aid each other to get that extra die anyway. So it's really just... Uh, that sounds like a bunch of excuses. You have three. No, dude, anyway. I'm already, <laughs> I'm already pretty stressed out. So I don't want to, I don't want to help him. <laughs> he is pretty stressed. 
But anyway, look, doesn't matter. We're just going to play it by ear anyway. I was kidding. I'm not kidding. I think we each get one. That's the rule. Okay, sorry. You go. <laughs> and with, with those things addressed, let's get into the actual gameplay. Welcome to the Procyon Sector! On the planet Nightfall, the two-pronged job is on! Cypher is in a race for glory and legal ownership of a treasured trademark that has taken a tumultuous turn for the deadly. Meanwhile, Crash and Gorpheus have infiltrated the secret hangar of the Echo Wave Riders in search of plunder, but have now awoken a massive security urbot. With all members of our crew caught in desperate situations, will they be able to prevail and proclaim victory? Or does wreckage and ruination await the crew of the Phoenix 13 Team Team? So I would like to start this sesh back with Crash and Gorpheus, I think, as this large Urbot, like two, three, four times the size of you, but like you can tell rusty and maybe not well-maintained rises up from this port that you tried to access thinking that it was uh, like a computer system. It turns to you and you can tell it's like the same model of Urbot that you saw that hologram with the Conclave 01, the Prime. It, it's like that similar kind of old massive Urbot. Lights are flashing red, security system is going, this thing turns to you. Intruders! Intruders! You do not have designated clearance for this hangar! Leave at once! Leave at once! You have been warned! I turn to Captain Crash. Captain? Delta Maneuver, I say confidently, as if I've told you it before. Yeah, and Gorpheus confidently pretends to know what you're talking about. And <laughs> just shuffles around with his stuff and pulls out his baton and looks at you for approval. Crash's grin is all the confirmation you need. With that, I actually kind of want to figure out if this guy has a weak point. So I want to use the study action to see if I can find a weak point on this guy. Absolutely. So as this thing is shouting this warning, red lights flashing, those like Urbot drones that were flying overhead are now just like going nuts, right? Like they're just flying all over this place. You realize that you're in a bad spot. And so you take a moment to try and maybe figure out the best way to deal with this. You are in a desperate situation right now, but I think that this kind of foresight and the fact that the massive Urbot is not immediately swinging at you means that you might actually have a better chance of success than normal. So uh, let's call this a desperate situation, but potentially great effect. Let's hope we roll a six. Uh, I rolled a four. So a four in a desperate roll means that you do it, 
but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm or a serious complication occurs. And so what I think happens is you see that as this Urbot is making this declaration at you, as the security system is going on, you spot that there is like a panel on its side that is way more rusted and damaged than even the rest of it. And you see like sparks coming out of it. You see that there are uh, exposed wires and you think that if you can get like one good shot on that, you might be able to take this huge thing down. The serious complication that I'm going to say happens is this thing says, you have been warned. Recalling Echo Wave oh, Riders. Fuck. And you can see that like a like sensor on its head starts flashing the telltale sign of like an outgoing signal. So I am going to start an eight-segment clock for you that is the Echo Wave Riders return. And I'm gonna mark one segment off of that clock. Cool, 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 cool. Shit. cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a rough one. So everything is going good on your side, right? Oh, perfect. You better keep be able to beat that guy, though, because I'll just make fun of you forever if you lose. Dom, make sure that you marked XP for uh, rolling a desperate roll. From there, let's cut over to Cypher. Cypher, you have a pretty good lead on Choss right now. Uh, though Choss has now sent these drones that are flying after you, shooting at you while he's trying to catch up from behind. You are in like this narrow alley, but you pull out of it and you get back onto a a main street, you know, heavily trafficked nightfall street. You've got your lead. Choss is following behind, pulling out of there. But you see that in the crowd up ahead that is gathered to watch, like as you scan over, you see that there's a slight commotion in the crowd as uh, a bunch of individuals that are wearing like matching racing jackets are moving through the crowd like desperately pushing people getting down to street level where they all hop on speeder bikes and start coming towards you and they're like whipping out and going high speed there's a whole mess of them and they're in your way. Yeah, well, everything on this side is actually going really good, guys. I'm I'm destroying this race, so there's really nothing to worry about here, Captain. Cypher is going to attempt to hack into this these drones that are attacking him uh, to get them on uh, their side as defensive drones. Ah, okay. You are in a desperate situation right now. Um, and what skill, Nate, are you going to use? Uh, the hack skill with my hacking tools. Yeah, makes sense for hacking. So I would like you to make a desperate standard hacking roll. I will use our first gamut. No, I'm kidding. That is a four. No, a six. I'm sorry. That's a six. A six. That's a very different thing. That uh, yep. just means you do it, no questions asked. 
no complications. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you hack into Choss's drones that are attacking you. You have to slow down a little bit to do so, but not enough that you are letting Choss overtake you. As the drones, like the lights and sensors on them start flashing and going from a hostile red to a friendly green before they just disperse away from you. Oh no, can I have them still surrounding me, but in a defensive formation? I want them to circle around me like uh, I just got three red shells in Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You have two drones uh, that are rotating around you like red shells. <laughs> <laughs> because that has been though a uh, another two actions since Choss's progress bar clock ticked, I'm gonna give him a second one, but I'm going to give you a fourth for your progress as you uh, still maintain a pretty respectable lead about halfway through the race. As you hack into the drones and they just start spinning around, all these other hover bike riders in these matching jackets start whizzing past you and you have to maneuver to uh, avoid them. But you hear Choss's voice over your, your comm system, your, your local comms in your headset. Uh, what are you doing? Why are you Echo Phage Riders uh, running away? Uh, and uh, you hear another voice like, well, th there's, a, there's a security ping that we got. Somebody's in the hangar. You're supposed to be helping me win this race. Why are you abandoning me? You s see like in your rear view mirror, a couple of these riders sigh and they like pivot and do a U-turn. So now that they are following Choss and accelerating to like get in line with him and uh, you've now got like three vehicles that are chasing you oh no they have entered attack V formation this is bad <laughs> okay so are there obstacles on this course like in the way of us or is this a completely clear path right now you are in a mostly clear path now that you have passed those oncoming vehicles uh, and dealt with the drones you still have to deal with street traffic but as you start accelerating away on this straightaway the two other riders that have joined choss are pulling out sidearms and are taking pot shots at you I'd like to just kind of weave through any traffic I can find to kind of block their vision and then send one of these drones flying back. <laughs> you don't have any banana peels. You don't have any. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, the red shells are active after this one. What, uh, what skill would you like to use to do this? Helm to control this robot and slam into one of them. I think with the uh, defensive measures you've gained with those spinning drones, uh, that's going to bring you up from desperate to a risky situation. Um, so give me a uh, risky standard helm roll. Oh, no! I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, One, that's two, a three. three. <laughs> a three. That means that things go badly. 
you suffer harm, a complication occurs, you end up in a desperate situation or you lose the opportunity. You are like slowing down to maneuver, weaving between oncoming traffic, keeping an eye on those drones, waiting for the right time to like beep, 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 hack one to fly backwards, but it misses the mark. It uh, just collides with the street. I'm going to fill up one of Choss's segments. He's closing the gap up to three segments to your four. Uh, and you do not gain any ground to gain a segment yourself. So Choss is catching up. Let's quickly go back to crashing Gorpheus in the hangar. You've heard this alert. You know that the Echo Wave riders are on their way. Bobby O is with you, and he's looking like more and more manic. We gotta get to it, fellas. We gotta get to it. Let's have some fun. Uh, And he is going to, like, pull out a comically overlarge wrench. And he's just gonna start, like, smashing random shit in here. Uh, Captain, you see that panel? The damaged one? On the the giant urban? Don't worry. I think I could get us an opening. So, like, how big's the room we're in? It's a pretty big space. You've got plenty of room to maneuver and hop on top of vehicles that are covered in tarps and stuff like that. Cool, 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 cool. What I want to do is kind of run this thing around a bunch of, you know, crap and cover and kind of get it like surrounded by a bunch of stuff that it's like looking around for us. So like you're trying to goad it into smashing stuff or yes like i want to get it over into like trying to attack me are you doing this more to give gorpheus an opening yes okay so it sounds like i think that's just going to be an aid to whatever gorpheus is gonna do okay gorpheus what what would you like to do here so this panel that looks damaged actually ooh, does it look like i could shoot the panel off the panel is like kind of fallen partially off already. So you either could try and fully get rid of the panel, like you said, shooting it with a sidearm, or if you maybe time it just right, you can bypass it entirely and just go for the exposed vulnerable parts underneath it. Uh, I think I think I do want to shoot it because then I want to climb inside the robot. No, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to throw my uh, don't be a coward. Uh, maybe I should try to climb inside the robot. Ratatouille it. Do you have four psychic powers? I don't know. I don't know what you can do. I I don't know either. But I've got psychomagnetic powers. So can't maybe. you if you if you have psychomagnetic powers, can't you just pull the panel off? Yeah, but that it like takes a bunch of stress. For a simple thing that he doesn't need to use it for. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm going to attempt to shoot off the panel. Okay, and what skill would you like to use to do that? I'm gonna use scrap. You are still in a desperate situation here, so make a desperate standard scrap roll. So can I aid him with, like, a scramble roll since I'm scrambling around? Aid is just, I think, taking stress to give him an extra dice for his roll. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so you're going to just take a stress, and uh, Dom, you will get an extra die on your scrap roll. I got a five. five. See, you guys don't need those gambits. 
death. (laughs) (laughs) A five is you do it, but there's a consequence. And I think the consequence here is not going to be for Gorpheus. I think it's going to be for Crash. Oh, no. You blast this panel Bang! as the panel just like flies through the air with a perfectly timed shot. But that causes the large Urbot to stumble and it stumbles like right towards Crash. And Crash, you wind up like pinned underneath the hand of this thing as it falls almost on top of you, almost crushing you, unharmed, but kind of unable to move as you are totally restrained by the rusty hand of the giant Urbot. Are you okay, Captain Crash? Uh, Don't worry about me, baby, but uh, maybe get it off of me. And I'm going to mark another segment of the EWR return to the hangar clock, bringing it up to two of eight. We got this easy. Maybe. Oh, we could lift his hand with your magnetic power. Nah, you're good. You got this. All right. Well, look, do I have like a free hand or anything? Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm. You're just like, for the moment, trapped underneath this hand. You've got pretty good range of motion, but like this thing's just kind of on top of you. Okay. Can I see the exposed area? You don't really have a good angle on it. And as you guys are, you're doing this crashes, you are kind of trying to quickly scan around to mull over your options. Bobbio is continuing to just smash up this place, just joyfully cackling. And he says, <laughs> you boys better quit playing around. We got work to do here, baby. Come on, smash some stuff, grab some stuff. It's only a matter of time before those wave riders return. Okay, well, I know what I'm going to do. Shoot Bobbio. <laughs> nope, I- <laughs> No, I'm I'm just gonna throw a detonator right behind the thing. <laughs> Excellent. I love that a lot. Go ahead, what what action skill would you like to use? Probably a scrap, right? You know, I'm trying to blow it up. Yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, I'm going to use one of our gambits. You son of a bitch. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you'll get an extra roll. Still in a desperate situation. So uh, make sure that you're marking a prowess XP. Uh, We'll call this standard effect. Okay, uh, Mike, I was going to say, just so you know, uh, Gorpheus was running toward the robot to try to get into this hole while Crash was doing this. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Nice. Well, that was a three. That was a three, which means literally it says it's the worst outcome. Oh, yeah. Desperate <laughs> three. That's that's not good. <laughs> oh, oh that was uh, such bad luck. Gorpheus, you tell me what happens as you are running towards this Urbot, panel exposed, ready to drive your baton into it, and a haphazardly thrown detonator gets lobbed over the top of it from behind. I think time just stops for Gorpheus for a second, and he's like, oh, 
Oh no. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) as it's happening, he's like slow motion trying to dodge out of the way and just sort of like barrel out of the situation. Uh, But he probably gets caught in the explosion. This detonator bursts shards of rusty metal from the Urbot fly through the air as you jump out of the way shrapnel flying whizzing past you you hit the ground and for a moment you think maybe just maybe you're okay with the adrenaline of that explosion you're not feeling too bad but then in the seconds that passed you feel a piercing pain and you look down and you see that your your left hand is okay and your right hand is okay. No! But your third hand, the one that covers that emerald that is embedded in your body, is hanging limply away and has a large jagged piece of rusted metal embedded into it. I would like you to mark level two harm for injured mystic hand what what did you do you son of a bitch it's it's, it's fine every good jedi has a robot hand it's my magic hand i was literally just about to use my psychomagnetic powers crash As you see the detonation fade, you realize that you have not actually harmed this Urbot in any significant way. But you see your friend, the doctor, Gorpheus, lying injured on the ground as the massive Urbot starts to squeeze that large hand around you and pick you up into the air. From there, I want to cut back over to Cypher. Cypher, you still have a little bit of a lead, but Choss is on your tail. And you hear his voice again over the comm system as you are turning into a roundabout. You know what to do. Eliminate that horrid, horrid chrome dome. The two Echo Wave Riders that are flanking him nod, and they accelerate to get neck and neck with you as they both raise their pistols. What do you do? As they are speeding up to get next to me, I like to attempt to slow down and jump off of my bike onto (laughs) one of theirs. <laughs> While crashing my bike into the other person's bike. <laughs> yes, 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 I love it. Let's do it. What action skill would you like to use here? You could have a gambit for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I oh think my God. It, it sounds like a scrap. Scramble, scrap, or helm, I could say. Any of the three, I would say. You can't say. roll helm every time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you guys think scramble would work with it? I think so, yeah. I do, yeah. You're scrambling around here. You're jumping from the one to the other. Yeah, I think scramble works well for, like, movement and, like... So I'm going to try a scramble, and I'm going to ask Mike, uh, is there any devil's bargain I can take for an extra die here? 
Sure, sure. And I will I will even make it a relatively simple and, in my opinion, not too bad one. I'm just going to take another clock off of Choss's progress as you are actively slowing down and he is catching up to you. So I'm just going to kick him up to four. <sighs> okay. I hope this works. Uh, what is my position? We'll call it this risky standard. You're not thinking great effect? Here's the thing, Nate. Both of your legs are injured. Your one leg is more of a, you know, surface injury. That's a level one harm, which means that this is going to have less effect, which means that uh, you're going to go from standard to limited effect. Your other leg, however, is more significantly injured. You're going to lose a die for that. Oof. Yep. And, you know, these these kind of harms, they really only come into play on roles that are directly related to your injuries, which is why it hasn't been a huge deal for you so far to have these two harms. But you're, you're jumping from a moving bike onto another moving bike, and I just don't have a way of seeing how you're doing that without your legs. A hundred percent agree. I think both of those harms are going to come into place here. That sucks. Uh, I was really hoping for at least standard effect. I don't know what limited effect means when you're switching bikes. (laughs) (laughs) That means that you are going to lose a die and go to limited effect. How many dice does that leave you with, including the, the plus one from the Devil's Bargain? Plus one from the Devil's Bargain, plus I'm going to take one from a gambit to put me at a bonus plus one for two dice total. Okay. Okay. Doable. Very doable. Go ahead and give me your two dice for the scramble roll. God damn it. Oh. Four. Oof. That, hey, could be worse. Four is you do it, but there's a consequence. And here's what I think happens. You slow down. You stand up, but you buckle a little bit under your two injured legs as these two Echo Wave Riders get ready to shoot at you. You wait for just the right moment, wait for them to squeeze their triggers before you dive off of your bike towards one of them as your bike careens into the other. The shots go wide, they don't make contact. Your bike Boom! Hits the side. That guy goes flying off into uh, traffic, into a terrible, gruesome accident. The other one, your fingers miss. Miss for just a moment. You think that you haven't done it, but then you grab on to, like, the exhaust pipe of this hover bike. And it's, like, skittering. It's careening. And you are able to slowly climb up onto the back of the bike. This The other guy that's on here doesn't know what's going on. He's, like, waving his gun around. But you get up behind him, shove him off the bike, take full position, and start to speed on it with these now two Echo Wave riders dealt with. But when you look up, you see that Choss has passed you. (gasps) I am going to mark another segment of his clock, bringing him up to five to your four. Now, would you say, though, 
I'm now on a better bike than I was before. I was going to ask that. Definitely, because the bike that you were on before was damaged by the Grand Fariniki. This one, I think in this moment, takes a little bit of cosmetic damage, um, but is otherwise a better bike than what you were riding. So you're no longer going to uh, lose some effect just because you are on a lower quality bike than Choss. Sweet. But Choss is ahead of you right now, and the race is coming to its conclusion. Choss goes, you know, circles through this roundabout and like into a figure eight street, and it's all super convoluted. And you see that the next segment of this race, there's actually a under construction ramp that suddenly ends that you are supposed to jump over and land onto a finished portion of the street up ahead. And Choss, you see expertly, thrusts through that, hits his nitrous at just the right moment. I'm calling on all of my (laughs) Fast and Furious knowledge for how these things work. And lands on the other side perfectly as you are approaching that ramp from behind. I'm going to follow through and hit that ramp myself is this like a video game where if i jump to the towards the side i can find like a shortcut area maybe maybe (laughs) (laughs) tell me tell me how you think uh how you think you might be able to take advantage of a shortcut here you know it's city streets there's uh, skyscrapers all around there's you know traffic above and below you there's hover cars and hover bikes and like how do you think you can envision taking a shortcut in this moment so i'd like to take stress for a flashback yeah yeah absolutely flashback to cypher standing like off of like a balcony with gorpheus and crash kind of staring at this jump area I'm telling you, man, if you hit it at the right angle, what would look like an under jump to get inside of like this building to kind of shortcut like through building crash out of a window and try and get in front of crash before like he gets out. There's a little bit of scaffolding over there that could give you just the leverage on the turn if you were crazy. That could work. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. I think we're going to call this a one stress flashback. Do I want to make you do some kind of roll to see how good this could go? I think yes. And because this is a, like a team flashback, basically, anybody can, can make a, a role here for however you think. Whatever kind of skill you think you could use for for this creation of a shortcut. Can you hurt people with a bad roll on a help check? There can be consequences, yeah. I don't know if I uh, should should help you. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want to use a gambit and blow up uh, someone else's hand? Well, look, uh, yeah, so I'm not going to help. I'm just going to argue right here. 
my exact wording was you could do it if you're crazy enough. So to me, it's a helm if there ever was one. You know, you're trying to blast through a building perfectly. I know, but this is this is for setting up the shortcut. I was probably going to use one for using the shortcut. So what I'm going to say, my thoughts for setting it up would be uh, Cypher would set up like a little hologram to build like a fake wall so that uh, Chasta wouldn't see the shortcut. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah absolutely. That's I think yeah. that makes that makes so much sense. I could help with uh, with sneaking around with skulk skulk help, maybe. Sure. So, Zach, if you want to take uh, a stress for crash um, in yeah. the flashback, that will give uh, this flashback hologram roll an extra die for uh, cipher. And Cypher, what skill do you think you want to use for setting up a hologram? I'm going to go with a hack again. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, do you have any kind of equipment that is hologram adjacent? I have hacking tools. Find small Urbot, maybe? Sure, I think that makes sense. Yeah, you can have like an Urbot projecting... A screen. We've already established that those uh, like hovering disc robots have hologram projectors, so that makes sense to me. Uh, so just go ahead and mark that on your inventory. Because you're doing this in a flashback, controlled great. Uh, that is a six. That is a six. You do it, no questions asked. So we come out of the flashback. You're getting ready to take this ramp, do this jump, but you're going at a different angle than Choss did. The audience must be asking, what are you doing? You know, why aren't you taking this straight like he did? You're going straight towards this, like, abandoned office building. But you know where your hologrammed, uh, ho- hidden away shortcut is, and you take the jump. I am going to need uh, a roll from you here. Okay. I'm going to go back to the old trusty helm to try and get me through this race. Zoom in on Cypher's smirking face as they see Choss take the standard path. As they zoom in and start going full speed towards this wall. Uh, What is my position, would you say? Um, I think your position here is risky. But I think because of that flashback, the effect here could be great. And because you're, you're on an improved bike now, between that and the hologram shortcut, great effect. Sweet. This is the moment. Would you like to also push yourself for two stress to get a bonus die? I would not yet. Okay. I'm saving those for the final stretch. That said, I did roll a six. (laughs) And so you expertly hit the ramp, go through. Like to the audience's perspective, just phase through a wall and you're darting through the shortcut that you have created, coming out the other side, landing back on the street 
in front of Choss. I am going to mark off two segments of your progress. Ooh, baby. Which is going to bring you up to six of eight. And Choss gets left behind on five as you see the winding streets in front of you going downhill. But at the end of that hill, at the bottom of that hill, the finish line, the crowd waiting, the trophy sitting in the middle of your vision, this large cup glimmering and beautiful, but perhaps the most beautiful thing for you, Cypher, is that sitting in that trophy bowl is a sealed envelope that you know holds the paperwork for the legal rights to the trademark of the greatest pilot in the galaxy. Ooh, I can taste it now. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to that, I want to cut back over to Crash and Gorpheus. Crash lifted in the air, sustained in the grip of this large, metal, rusted urbot, Gorpheus on the ground, injured with this mystic hand, your friend Bobby-O seemingly ignoring you, just cackling up a storm, smashing the Echo Wave Rider's equipment. As the urbot brings you to its face, Crash... You were warned. You were given opportunity. You must now be eliminated. And you feel it starting to squeeze against your body. Oh, shit. All right, well, look, I'm going to try and uh, shoot the joint of the arm that's squeezing me and see if I can, like, you know, screw it up. Sure thing. What action skill would you like to use here? I mean, I guess I think that's a scrap, you know, I'm going to shoot him. I assume I'm in a desperate situation here. Yes, absolutely. A desperate situation. You have a fine pistol, right? Uh, it is a fine sidearm, a pair of them, in fact. Because that is fine, it's like an improved quality, and because this is a already injured, rusted, poorly maintained Urbot, um, I will give you standard effect. Oh, um, beautiful. In a, another situation, it might be limited, but I think here... I was worried it was going to be limited either way, to be perfectly honest with you. I think here we can call it standard. You got a devil's bargain for me? (laughs) Yes, yes. And again, I will keep this relatively uh, innocuous for you. I am going to say... You can get away, but Choss wins the race. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. That that doesn't make narrative sense for, for what's going on. I will just take off another segment of the Echo Wave Rider's return clock. All right. Yeah, I can take that. Okay. So that's going to bring them up to three of eight. 
as you are you're taking a little bit of extra time waiting for just the right opportunity to get the right angle to take your shot so go ahead add your extra die and then i can take two stress to push myself or something right you can do that or the devil's bargain you can't do both of those okay well then i'll just take the devil's bargain that's fine that was a six That is a six on a risky roll, which means you do it and your crew gains a gambit as you. Oh, beautiful. Shoot at the elbow joint of the rusted Urbot and you feel the the hand that is gripping you, squeezing you, squeezing the life out of you like spasms and loosens for just a second for you to slide out of it and hit the ground unharmed. All right. Beautiful. Well, I mean, I'm just going to immediately run for the panel and uh, try and, uh, you know, do anything I can to it. And, you know, check on you after the robot's not nice. trying to kill us. Nice. I'm going to doctor myself. Yeah. So in a job, like what, what, what do you what are you trying to accomplish? I guess is, let me ask you that. So essentially what I'm trying to accomplish is I am trying to quickly do some first aid on my damaged arm so that I'll able to be able to use it with its psychomagnetic powers. You can still use it. It's just going to be one minus one D six pretty much when you do psychic stuff. Yeah, no, that seems fair, but I guess I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a medic. I never get to doctor things. This seems like a great opportunity. Do you have any kind of ability in your, your class, in your playbook that you've chosen to make doctoring in job, like on the job a little bit more potent? Oh, no, I have not. Because you're going to have like very, very limited results of trying to like patch up an injury that significant in the middle of a job like this. Okay. It's it's not really like D&D or Pathfinder where you can just, you know, heal up. Can't battle medicine. Okay, I see how it is. To manage this injury, you're, you're going to need some downtime. That's why... Um... Nate still has an injured leg from the last. No, job. yeah, I got that. <laughs> I, I just figured I'd be able to use my doctor powers, but uh I mean you're not a doctor. Yeah, I am. That's like my thing. Yeah, he's he is the doctor. It would be your thing if you were the doctor class. True, but like, alright, fine. Your thing I'd is you're a, a Jedi. Of- all right, He's narratively right. <laughs> a doctor, damn it. Come oh on. Oh my god. Alright, whatever, that. dude. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. In that case, kinda going a little out there then. My plan is I want to do a flashback. Okay. What I would like to do, uh, a little weird here, what I'd like to do is I would like to have an old war flashback. And I think what happens is Gorpheus has, with this injury, he flashes back to a time where he's standing on the battlefield, uh, his third arm bleeding and damaged. Surrounded by his fellow rebels who have started killing civilians... Gorpheus is a Jedi, and every good Jedi needs a good sword. Gorpheus, I think, takes a crystal that is, essentially it's a crystal sword of magnetic, like, 
crystal like emeralds sort of gliding in the air held together by magnetic force and i think what he does with it is he lifts it up in the air and it explodes shooting out all the crystals at these people who are killing the civilians and i think in that moment gorpheus remembers this and takes a crystal half of a crystal sword out of his pack and throws it at the uh, open panel and tries to shatter it inside and just explode the guy as much as I can. Um, okay, that sounds like it was more of a flavor flashback than a mechanical <laughs> flashback. Yeah, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you take any stress from that. Um, what uh, action skill would you like to use? I would like to use my psychokinetic powers and use a tune. Sure. So go ahead and make a desperate standard attune roll. So uh, to do this using my powers, I'm going to take two stress. You know you don't always have to do that when you attune, right? You you can just roll an but attune. But like... I, I, I like to do it because it's my psychomagnetic powers that I'm using. Right, I'm just, I just don't think you've done that without taking that stress yet. And I just want to make sure that you and our audience know that you, you don't have to do that. Because you're a Xeno with magnetic powers, you have a special thing where you can take stress to be more effective with them. Okay, well, I would like to take stress to be more effective with them. Okay, All you right. can do that. Desperate? Standard. Yes. Boom. Uh, can I take two more stress to push myself? I think so, because that Xeno thing that you can do is separate from pushing yourself. So if you want to take a total of four stress for two extra dice, you can. I'm going to do that. Okay. Or you know what? No, I'm just for one extra dice. I'll just do a full one extra dice. Okay, coward. Okay, I'll do it for two extra dice. I'll do it for two extra dice. All right, you happy? Yeah. I rolled a five. A five mm. is you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm or a serious complication occurs. My boy Gorf is going to get trauma soon. <laughs> That's the goal. But what happens now is Gorf is you take this segment of crystal out from your satchel and it just you extend your hand and it's less of a throw. It's more of just this crystal starts floating through the air as crash hits the ground free from the Urbot's grip. The crystal floats through the air into the exposed portion of the, this panel of these wires of these nodules that are powering this large Urbot. And you close your eyes and you cause the crystal to detonate and expand. And it is a direct hit. You see shards erupting out from within this Urbot. As one last time it says, Intruders! And hits the ground with a large thud. You take a moment to look around. The lights are still red and flashing. You still have that shard of metal in your third hand. 
Crash is okay. But you look at Bobby O. Bobby O has stopped his smashing as he has a shard of crystal and shards of scrapnel in his back as he turns around to face you. That's a... That's not very rock and roll of you. As he collapses to the ground. And we are going to call our episode there and pick up from this moment next time on Escape the Dungeon. Thank you for listening to Escape the Dungeon. Escape the Dungeon is created by Dom Brass, Nate Brass, Zach Brass, and Mike Cripps, with editing and original music by Tyler Nate. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. To find us on social media, go to escapethedungeonpod.com.